0: Good morning, everyone. Good evening. Good afternoon. This is England is Burning for October the 4th, 2021. We are back. This is your Manchester United Women Weekly Feature. We have back with us today Mark with the Manchester United Women's Supporters Club. Mark, welcome back to the show. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. this is a different, it's got to be a different mood uh going into the end of the weekend then from last weekend um you know a trip to Birmingham away now Birmingham was near i think near or at the bottom of the WSL table going into the going into the match winless going into uh, going into the match, a uh, late Sunday match um, this this past yesterday, basically. Um, and I know you, Mark. You don't take anything for granted. You don't look at the, really don't look at the table that much because you know it's one game at a time, and and yeah. you know you got to take everybody you know give them the respect that they do, take them seriously. But your thoughts? What were your thoughts going into uh, you know going into Sunday in Birmingham uh, on
1: that away day trip? So. My initial thoughts were what I kind of said to you on last week's pod. That, that after getting beaten by Chelsea comprehensively, uh-huh. what I wanted was a reaction and a performance. Right. Um, and and a win. Those were the three things that I kind of wanted. Um, and I was confident. You know, you, I think you, you just said it. You know, we're playing a team in front of us. We're not looking ahead and we can't look back up. What happened against Chelsea? The, what happens with the team on the training pitch, they can reflect on Chelsea. But as fans, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we we reacted to the game. We had 24, 48 hours to think about it. And then most of the people I spoke to, our mindset was clearly ahead on Sunday. Sunday is now what's in front of us. Don't think about Chelsea. Let's just forget Chelsea. Scrub it off and move forward and see where we go now. So, um
0: and, and yeah, that's really probably from a mindset standpoint for both the team and for, your, for the fans alike, probably a, probably a good thing to really think about from a mindset perspective. I imagine that, you know, because the thing I was thinking about was the idea that there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to get rolled by Chelsea, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's not, you know it was one of those situations where, you know, it was one match and, and you could easily, I mean, someone could easily look at the, the small picture and say, Oh yeah, we got, just got rolled by Chelsea and that's horrible. And, you know, and, and, and panic, but then kind of looking back on it, it's kind of, I think we mentioned it on the pod um, last week was looking at the big picture. United had six points out of three uh, matches. Uh, six out of nine points. You were hoping, I think, for seven out of nine, but you were willing to take the six. Um, The results kind of played out the way you would expect it, like forgetting the score lines, It's just more like, you know, a win against a team that you're supposed to beat, another win against a team you're supposed to win against. And then Chelsea, you knew that was going to be a very, very big hill to climb. It certainly was, and it ended the way it did. And then now back again in a team on paper that United should be able to go and win. But also this was a very important test of okay, now Mark Skinner and his club now I got their first loss you know, it was a big loss how are they going to respond and so forth so in general look, let's just in general and then we'll dig dig deeper into details, but in general Mark, how do you feel like they did respond?
1: Um, I thought the performance I mean, the one thing most football fans will always ask for from a team is a complete performance from from the first minute to the last minute of the game and in part yesterday I thought we got that performance I thought every player on merit was brilliant mm-hmm. I couldn't you know if you were to ask me now who I would choose as a player of the match from a Manchester United point of view I I would consider I would really struggle to find you that one player I think mm-hmm. every player last night played to a standard of, of where I where I think Man United Women should be. Now the problem is we're not going to get that standard now every week. Mm-hmm. So were we spoiled yesterday in the sense of right? We lost to Chelsea. Let's go out and show them what we, we're not that six one team. But also, Mark, I think it was a bigger test for Mark. Because he had to implement now, he had to pick the team up from not just a beating, but from a drumming, from an absolute mauling of 6 1. You know, most managers, if you lose 1 0, 2 1, 3 2, whatever, they go, you know what, we were in that game until they scored a, a goal, mm-hmm. whatever. But getting beat 6 1, it's a different story. The players would have been down the, the backroom staff would have been down. And Mark had a mm-hmm. job to come and lift everyone up. But there was also the other side to this, where Mark's going to manage Birmingham before he went to Orlando. So mm-hmm. it, for him as well, he wanted to go back to Birmingham and go, this is me now. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I thought we got a complete performance from the players. I thought the way um, Mark had motivated and lifted that team into the beginning of that game, uh, I I him for
0: it. So looking at the lineup and I, I want to get back to Mark um Mark Skinner getting in getting them uh revved up for the for the match. So it was I, I thought it was a very interesting lineup. So how many did you get right with the lineup that was posted? 9 Is that how how did you do lost, with that 9? I, I lost 9. I lost 9 10. Okay, well that makes that that makes sense. So let, we'll talk about who you who you missed in the lineup. So is it is it just the starting eleven, regardless of position? Yeah, so
1: yeah, it's okay. just the starting eleven.
0: All right, all right. So cool. Uh, so of course, in the goalkeeper slot, you got Mary Earps in the goalkeeper slot. But then you had um, Thorseter in the right back position, and then you had the. Uh, a, the pairing of Mannion and Battle in the center uh, defense positions, uh, and then on the left, uh, Hannah Blundell. I think we have a lot to say about her um, in this match. This might have been her coming out party. Uh, Katie Zellum in the in the mid in sort of the back mid uh, with Gronin uh, and you know Leah Galton uh, Steinerforth and. Rousseau on the right, so good. To, that may have been the one. Maybe you might have not gotten. I'm, I think. And then Elatoon in that in that sort of weird false nine position. I'm still kind of juries out on that false nine. But when when you looked at this lineup, which ones did you not
1: get? Um, I didn't have uh, Alessia starting, and I didn't have um, Lucy starting. Mm-hmm. But what's amazing is is that I saw that formation. Mm-hmm. It came up on on because I have a, an app on my phone that gave me the formation, and it came up, and I was like, "That's never going to happen." And we sat, we all, <laughs> we, we stood there, and actually, what they put up as that formation was completely wrong, mm-hmm. in the sense of where the when you when we watched the game, I mean, honor. He said honor was playing as centre back. Honor played on the right,
0: right. It was all mixed up. It was yeah. So there was all we so were, many
1: overlaps. Yeah, and we were all like, "What?" And then it had. Tooney is the number 9 mm-hmm. and it had less use the right, right winger Well, actually during the game they swapped they swapped it mm-hmm. was and so yeah the lineup i thought when i saw it you know yes i lost in in the league lineup game that competition that we did but actually mark completely changed the way he he set the team up he made some um some some tactical changes which were great um but overall, with the team that started, I was, I was very happy with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this was, uh, can you elaborate a little bit further about how, you know, I mean, you know, further about how Mark kind of switched things up? Because, I mean, you saw, I, I saw where... You know, there was a lot of overlaps and, and things like that. And and yeah, I mean, this is another lesson in point everyone out there when you're watching football and soccer is this is that a team may put out a lineup and it, it's set up in a formation like you know, and this is my favorite formation. I love the four-two-three-one for so many different reasons. I love having you know because there, there were so many attacking players for United yeah. in this match. Um, it was clearly like we're going to attack front foot, yeah. um, which I appreciated. Uh, but I really like this because I really like the stand the position that Staniforth plays is sort of advanced mid or shadow striker or whatever you might want to put it. I prefer kind of a shadow striker role personally, but. Um, so, but it, the the lineup didn't make. I mean, not the lineup, but the the actual formation that was kind of posted. I guess a four two three one really wasn't a four two
1: three one. No, it 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 really wasn't. It was so your back four was like. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. the back five. So Mary was your goalkeeper. Yeah, That's right. where she would be. Honor, honor, who started the last three games at left back. Mark switched to right back, and he moved Hannah. To, to left back, and I saw that, and I was like, "I'm not sure Hannah Blundell can do can play left back. She's predominantly always played right back, but you know she, she played him am, am, amazingly well at, at left back." Then there was the the tactical tactical formational change in midfield. Now we've spoken on here this season, last season about the importance of of. Um, a defensive midfielder now mm-hmm. in in my league lineup yesterday, I had Hayley Lad to come in in place of Lucy Stan to let mm-hmm. Katie or Jackie get further forward to to influence it, to influence the game. Mark obviously s- sees it differently and, and you know he's the mm-hmm. manager and he sees mm-hmm. the players in training so what he did yesterday was Katie Zellum played as that defensive midfielder. She very rarely got forward, unless it was for set pieces or corners. She very rarely m- troubled the got into the opposition half, and if she did, it was just to help tidy and, and clean up you know some misplaced passes. Then in front of Katie, mm-hmm. he then played Lucy and Jackie as further forward, so he's gone from a four, two, three one to a four one, two, two one. Because then he's got mm-hmm. his natural width in Leah on the left, and he's played Tooney on the right, mm-hmm. and then Lessy right. up front. And actually, the movement of of of, Lessie, of Leah, of Jackie, of, of Lucy Stan, as you said, was, was, was really good. And, mm-hmm. and Katie was there mopping up right. the loose pass, loose balls or, or whatever else. So tactically. What we asked for him from what we asked last week against Chelsea to see, we, and we didn't see it in this game, we did. And the and the 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 players he moved around to position. At one point, Jackie was playing at left back because Hannah was bombing forward all the time. So we had players slotting into different positions. And actually, yesterday it was kind of a I don't want to use I'm not going to use the words like tactical masterclass, but Mark Skinner showed the fans and hopefully viewers of who were watching it, that tactically mm-hmm. he, he he can change his team around. Right. And that was, you
0: know, I, I mentioned, you know, before we started that I came away from watching this match in like two different mindsets. And first was my first impression. But then when I watched parts of it back, um, I, I saw things a little bit different, much differently. So let me point to the second, you know, my second, um, you know, my second, impression because actually it's probably a little bit more uh informative or nuanced than before it, it's like i at first my first impression was i'm not sure what's going on here but then when i watched it a little bit more closely and watched where the players were moving from one position to another and where I, and it was sort of like where i would players kept popping up in positions that I did not expect them to be popping up in, but they were there and they just kind of slotted in. And then another player was taking that player's place. I mean, that was sort of like, that's like a bunch of chess moves being played out three steps ahead. Uh, You know, and I was like, you know, when, for example, there was that, you know, um, basically, I don't know if it was a marking error by Thor Satir, but that led to one of the Birmingham players, and I forget who it was, it had a clear shot at goal, right in front of the goal, um, and uh, she slipped, basically. The player slipped and, and fell, and so she didn't really get a good shot. I was like, why is Thor Satir in the middle? <laughs> um, you know, and but she had been slotted. She just kind of made a little bit of an error by, you know, I don't know if she didn't, was supposed to mark that player and then just missed her. Um, but she marked somebody else. And and kind of when you have stuff like that, when you have people like switching off and then you kind of, you, that's the only thing you kind of run the risk with in the back, you know, is if you start switching players from playing on the left and then playing in the center and then back again, you know, they might switch off like, okay, who am I, system art, you know, that type of thing. But, um, you know, I mean, I saw Ella Toon all over the pitch. Yeah. I mean, she was playing all sorts of different places. And, you know, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that was the slotted kind of false nine role. They, you find them everywhere. But the idea, though, everyone, is that when you put when you do what Mark Skinner did in this match is what you're doing is you're trying to create confusion. You know, you're trying to create you don't know where it's going to come from. You don't know players you think are going to be in one place. um, you know, are not in that place anymore. And then players on the defensive side don't know who they're supposed to mark because now they're in different locations on the pitch and they're moving forward. I mean, Blundell, who we had not really seen bomb forward all of a sudden, she's bombing forward in this one. Yeah. Um, and and so that was very tactically astute.
1: Yeah, but there was also another part in the later in the second half when it brought on Kirsty Hansen yeah. Now you and I have always talked about you've got Kirsty Hansen and Leah, who are two strong, fast wingers. Mm-hmm. But for a for a 10-15 minute period in the second half, Mark swapped them over. Mm-hmm. Leah went to the left, uh, to the right. Kirsty came to the left. And again, it's something that I've seen we've seen him try in, in preseason games and a, a little bit last Sunday against Chelsea. But yesterday he did it for a for a prolonged time uh, uh, to see, to you know, Birmingham were, were having to attack us, but we were having more space. And actually, you, you use the right word when you w- use the word confusion. Because at mm-hmm. one minute, their right back is marking Leah and they're going, right, well, we've sorted this out now and, oh, hang on, Leah's over there now. Uh, right, I've got a completely different player now to go up against in Kirsty Hansen. And, and yesterday, those things... Those little changes during the game, they, they worked yesterday. But, as you've also said at the very beginning, you've got to play the opposition in front of you. And mm-hmm. last night, he did that. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he definitely did play the opposition in, in, in front of him. I mean, clearly, he you know, he certainly studied Birmingham's, you know, Birmingham's strengths and, and limitations, yeah. um, you know, all over the place. And, and you know, and partly you know probably watching some film and watching how they were you know how they were setting up and where you know and then what a good tactician from a manager perspective does is it looks at where you know where are the weak points? Where can I take advantage of where they may be, um, you know, not so strong? Um, but also they have to think about what what kind of setup are they going to try to use against us, um, to try to stop us. Um, and but I think you know I that's why one of the things that I like about the setup of a four two three one is because it gives you so many opportunities to swap positions. Uh, and come at things with, from a different angle. You put, you have, and that's the advantage of having a false nine. Now, there's there's a lot of talk about whether or not a false nine works and whether or not that's the role for Ella Toon to play in. But you look at her numbers. I think Elatoon is doing just fine. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, from that, you know, from that slot because she's coming at. She's basically. Uh, I don't think. I mean, it, I don't. Let me ask you this, Mark. I don't think Elatoon is a natural striker, is she? No. I don't no. think United do have a natural striker.
1: Well, f- or for do me, they? Yeah, for yeah. me, Alessio Russo is that number nine. Yeah,
0: yeah that's she right. the number
1: nine. Gee-ish. Martha Thomas as well, but Martha's currently Martha's currently out injured. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, the beauty of, of what we've been talking about is is that for the first three games of the season, Ella Toon started off as that that false number nine. But yesterday, he brings in. Um, Alessia Russo, who's played, you know, minutes in the first three games. And, you know, she's she's recovered from a serious uh, injury from last season. Yesterday, we got 71 minutes out of her. But she wasn't playing as, as a number nine. She was playing as either a number nine or a number seven. And Tooney was doing a number seven's role or a number nine's role. So that created the confusion as well within the Birmingham defence but the, the the only difference for me between Tooney and, and Lessie is Lessie's stronger she's played through the the US college system she's i think it was North Carolina she played mm-hmm. at yep and she's got a great goal scoring record yesterday uh yesterday she used her power and strength to get past the the Birmingham defense and then when she was taken off and and tooney went into into the false number 9 role that then was created because that's where tooney went we became a different side again we 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 kind of went around around back to right we're just going to pass and play but the passing yesterday was spot on the defending was spot on and the the way we played was spot on so yeah, you look at the the, the, the the striking options we've got with Lesley now getting seventy-one minutes out of her. I expect her to to you know get more on uh, next weekend. But yeah, for me, Lessie is our main striker. Okay. You know, that does make
0: sense um, and so forth. And uh, and that's why I have you on the show, Mark, because you know more about this than I do. Uh, (laughs) So where you watch a lot more of this stuff. But I, I mean, I was just so impressed. I mean there were multiple opportunities. I mean, this game could have been, don't you think could have been maybe four, almost three, four, five nil at the end, if not for, you know, hitting the, you know, hitting the post or a shot that Gronin had from distance that went, you know, wide um, you know, that type of thing. Um, And so forth. I mean, it could easily, I think uh, Galton had a goal at a shot earlier where just barely, missed the post and would have probably gone in if it had hit the post. I mean, there were several opportunities, but the thing that though was the thing that I was impressed with on the second viewing was all of the movement that was created um, by all the switching off, you know, um, that made those chances happen. I, I was not, I looked at the, at first glance, I looked at the score and I was like, well, it was two nil. What happened here? And, eh. but then I really saw the, the, the creation the shot creation, the chance creation. And it's like, okay, I now see what Mark is actually beginning to do. And you saw it get played out in this and you saw a smoother. And of course, I mean, you have to, you do have to consider the competition. You have to consider that they're not playing like, Elite level side like Chelsea in this, where where they're gonna they are gonna try to dominate and dictate how the game is played. This was a situation where this was an opportunity in it as much to tinker, in as much to pre- to sort of hone and sharpen the tactical strategies and the movements and things like that. This was an opportunity to do that, and I think it was taken advantage of.
1: Yeah, to pick up on a couple of the things you said, two 0 mm-hmm. completely flattered Birmingham. Completely, yeah, I did we, definitely. We did. But the other side to that as well is that their goalkeeper is on loan from from United. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't think Emily Ramsey wanted to get embarrassed. She made some good saves. Yes, we hit the post. We, we, she made some. Like I said, Emily Ramsey made some good saves. We were all trying to suck the ball into the net for Jackie because we wanted her to score a goal, and that would have been um, a, a heck of a first goal for her to score. Um, I just think, you know, Birmingham are playing to a standard where they are. They're not the worst team I've seen in the WSL. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I, you know, I, I, I honestly think that for, I honestly think I think Birmingham will be fine. They'll survive. They'll, they'll stay up. Um, I think the teams that you're going you, to you look at about going down are, are probably the teams down there right now: Reading and and, and your favourite team team for fourth being Leicester. <laughs> Uh, um... I'm sorry. You know what? No,
0: no, let me stop you. Leicester, I mean, what are you all, what's going on? I I, I honestly, Mark, want to get someone from Leicester City Supporters Club in and be like, what did you expect? I mean, what's going on here? Because... Everyone, I mean, not everyone, but I was like saying, "No, you're going to get like fifth. You're going to be fifth, and now you're you like now you're staring, you know, the bottom." And I'm like, "You haven't won a game yet. Not even come close to winning yeah. the game."
1: I think the bigger problem for Leicester is 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 scoring goals. I think that's that's Leicester's problem. Um I, I don't see that for for, for Birmingham. I can see but you know, doesn't this,
0: but the thing of it is, doesn't this put into perspective? the success that Manchester United has had. Yeah. It's not that easy to be promoted from the championship and roll the championship and then come right into the WSL and be like, boom, we're going to, we're just going to keep it moving. I mean, granted it's a two different situations. I mean, with United and Leicester, but my (laughs) point is is that it shouldn't be, Sunshine and roses when you get promoted from the championship to the WSL, and and should look at fourth and fifth immediately. Um, But the it's it's not. I mean, it's not as I'm trying to say. It's not as easy as it may have seemed, and I think it puts United's uh, first season in a WSL into a different perspective.
1: Yeah, you know, I think for Leicester they kind of follow the the United way of the championship. They went full, you know, the championship is, is really built up of teams that are a part time. Mm-hmm. And I think last yeah. season, Leicester went, they, they made the decision to go full time. Right. And once you go full time and you can train every day and you can, you know, you've got the proper setup that Leicester city have now given the women's side. Actually, mm-hmm. it, it makes perfect sense. However, that step from, the Championship up to the WSL, it, it is a huge step. And no disrespect to Leicester, you know, they brought in some some really good players, you know, two of which are, are, are ex-United in, in Jess and in and, and, and Abby Mack. But you've got to look at, and I don't want to be rude to either of them, but United got rid of both of them for a reason. And you have to look at, that. was it because Jess isn't scoring enough or... Is it because Abby's defensively not where she should be? Stuff like that. However, lesser, you know, the lesser are where they would be, the, the, the league will finish. But to put it, yeah, United deserve to be where they are because they've worked hard. They brought in, you know, you know, we started, when we started back, we talked about how underwhelming the transfer window was for United. But you look, you know, the, the players we've talked about is, Hannah Blundell, Mm -hmm. newcomer. You know, we've talked about honour all the time, but, you know, she was there last season. Aoife Mannion, she's Mm -hmm. come into the the back line and she's made it kind of her own. All right, Mm -hmm. we've not seen enough of Vilde recently. We saw her for a good 20 minutes last night. Martha Thomas, she's been in and she's currently injured. Sophie Bagley's not yet had a game, but I expect that to change next week. So you look at those, and you look at the players they brought in. But these players are hungry. These, and I'm not saying they're not at any other team, but they've come in, and they've proven, and they've proven a point to them, to to to, the, to us as fans that they want to play the Manchester United way. And I think that's really important. That that but whether it was Casey or whether it's Mark, they've got their own ideas of how they want the team to play. And it's mm-hmm. now for those players. To believe in what Mark's vision is, and last night, as I said, it, it was a completely different team to what we saw last Sunday against against Chelsea. But it, it was also the, the the fine tuning he's done. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, Katie Ellen being mm-hmm. more of a defensive player, not the attacker. But right. you're, you're taking that out from you're, you're taking a, a, a positive away from Katie's game. But actually, her defensive play last night was a massive positive. So they kind of conjured each other out. Yeah, I mean, certainly
0: did, and and um, you know uh, we have to remember. I think, and I think, you, I think you remember. I think you know, and in and, and most Manchester United fans know, this is game four. Yeah, this game. This was game four. It doesn't. Um, it takes a while to bring in a new manager and then have that manager to learn the strengths and limitations of the of the players and then try to install a tactic and then practice and train and play out that tactic to see if it even will work with this team and then having to tinker, you know, uh, with every match and, and so forth. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that was a mess, you know, let's, let's do it differently next time. And then there's going to be a next time. So, I mean, and I think you Mark and Mo, in a good number of Manchester United women fans are, are, are like, we are very patient and saying and realizing that and saying Mm -hmm. yeah it's going to take a moment for this to kind of come together but the thing of it is the thing my my point this whole thing was i think you're dead on right when you because stepping back and thinking about it blundell was probably my player of the match transfer from chelsea during this during the summer yeah uh alfie yeah she's probably there partly because of injury but she stepped in and and done a very nice job did a very nice job yesterday um so you know it's like yeah people you know some of these players these players are stepping up i mean blundell had a coming out party yesterday um made some great you know passes and the one that led up to galton's first goal you know trying to keep that ball from going out of bounds and it did not go out of bounds y'all stop it um and um (laughs) you know it, it you know, it was, you know, and you just I what I saw yesterday was this is the Manchester United that I know you all are coming to have expected and we're hoping for. Uh, and you saw a big, big rays of light with that. Is it a full product yet? No, and it shouldn't be at this point it's too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you saw all those glimpses of what it could be even. You know, without having a, a Sam Kerr or a Frank Kirby
1: in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we when you like I said at the beginning, once you if you get beat six one, you want a performance. You want the players to play. And last night we got all of that. The one, like I said, I couldn't choose a, a player of the match because I think every single player on merit played brilliantly you know from from mary Earps, the, the one thing about mary Earps we've talked about is her distribution last night her distribution was 100 brilliant yeah honor playing on the right hannah on the left again i went when i heard the seniors i was like oh i don't know if i like that prove me wrong ether mm-hmm. uh, ether uh, ether and maria through his dot here they're getting their um they're getting a combination together. They're getting to know each other, how they play. If one drops deep, the other one will, will, will go forward, and vice versa. The, the last night, the, the the Katie Zellum playing him more as of a holder instead of an attacking midfielder. Jackie and Lucy playing further forward. Tooney on the right, Leah on the left, and Leslie Russo. Like I said, it was a complete performance last night. It was almost a, a, a perfect performance, but I'm going to use the word complete. Stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely would want to use the word complete, um, you know, because there's still, you know, and I'm sure Mark Skinner is going to look back on this and see where things need to be improved and where, I mean, I saw some things that needed to be improved, but I think when you mentioned you, we got a response, you got, got a response from everyone, got a response from the coaching staff too. Yeah, absolutely. They went back to the drawing board and said, "Okay, well, we got to do a debrief on this one and figure out what worked and didn't work. And then they immediately applied what they thought, what they thought they learned from last week to this one. And particularly the role, I mean, one of the roles was the role of Katie Zellum. You know, where did she play? How did she, you know, what position did she play a pivot? Did she play a holding midfield, you know, and so forth? And, And because didn't have one in place last week this time you did that helps that back line particularly when you're swapping out and moving people around and repositioning them you definitely have to have a holding midfielder back there in order to just provide some cover for that and that's what happened yesterday
1: yeah and i think you know when you lose to chelsea as we did do mark came out and he said what he said but he had to go back and, and like most of United fans, or me anyway, he rewatched that game and he, he, you know, he, you know, he learned from where he made mistakes. And last night, as you said, tactically, the backroom staff and all the work they'd done on the training pitch the, the week up to the game was, was spot on. And you can't, you know, a, a manager takes, you know, I. I, You know, we said last week, I didn't think Mark picked the right starting eleven against Chelsea. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, the the team he picked had won the last two games in the WSL. You can't really say, oh, I'm going to drop you because you've not done well enough. You've won me the last two games. Last night, he made changes to beat Birmingham. Mm -hmm. And I think hopefully that's his way forward. He now starts to pick a team based on the opposition. Not on, not on, because they've gone on a great run of winning three games or four games on the bounce. He's picking a team to go and beat the team in front of him, but also the hard work to be done on the training pitch as well, tactically for set pieces. Last night we weren't great, and that's why I, I keep saying it was a complete performance, not a perfect performance, because there was times when we could get, you know, when we tried to get the ball into the box. And there was no one there because either Lessie was playing the ball in and we didn't have a number. We didn't have a striker in the box or Lessie had gone off and we were putting great balls into the box. So tactically set pieces, I think we need to look at, but we're scoring Mm -hmm. goals from, from open play. Whereas Mm -hmm. last Mm -hmm. season, it was kind of a a bit of a role reversal. We were scoring more from set pieces than we were from uh, open play. And I, I, I just think all these things, like you said, it's, it's his fourth game in the league. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let, you know, we've won three, lost one, and the one we've lost is to the second-best team in Europe. In Chelsea, it's no disgrace. So mm-hmm. he's learning, we're learning, and the team are learning. And, and, and slowly but surely, with the exception of last Sunday, you're starting to see it working and coming through. We now have a tough test ne- next Saturday. Mm-hmm. But let's enjoy yesterday for now. Let the let the team enjoy it. Get back on the training pitch tomorrow. Have a good week, and then let's see where we go from there. But tactically, I think Mark has got a, Mark trusts his backroom staff, and I think mm-hmm. that's a huge a, it's a huge huge point to make. Whereas I'm not saying Casey didn't trust her backroom staff, but you never saw her really talking to her number two. Whereas with mm-hmm. Mark, you see him talking to mm-hmm. him constantly, and I think there's that trust there as well. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you can be
0: successful without having a good number two. Yeah, in your in your coaching staff i i, I really don't I, I i you need another set of eyes out there um because you're going to see it one way and another set of eyes is going to see it differently it's mm. just nature that way you know Absolutely. So you definitely have to gr- have to have a good assistant uh, all the great managers that i know of have had good assistants with yeah. them or her and um and they they got to trust the backroom staff and 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 so forth so interesting ta- you know i interesting table and, and let's and let's you know, I'm going to let you enjoy the way the table kind of looks. So interestingly <laughs> enough, we have, you know, at the end of the day, after four matches, you know, Manchester United has won three of four. They sit with nine points. They are actually even currently with Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. have the same number of points. Um, you have an oddball scenario where you have Tottenham sitting with four wins, um, you know, um, out of four. And so they're at the top of the table with Ar- with Arsenal. Uh, So you have Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, United, and then West Ham uh, with seven points. Um, And you have a team that's sitting in ninth place (laughs) with three um, (laughs) points. But we can't look at that because, Mark, you don't care whether or not Manchester City has nine points, three points, four, zero. It don't matter. It's it's Manchester City. um, Absolutely it's the people over on the other side of the town. Um, yes. So um, your thoughts though, I mean, I don't know if you saw Manchester city playing against um, playing their match, you know, against West Ham yesterday uh, early, you probably needed to get going, but you probably didn't see it. But what, what are your thoughts about Manchester city going into
1: this match? Um, it's a derby. The rules right. don't apply to a derby. Anything can happen. Um, city are currently in a, in a bit of a bad, bad spot. Let, let's, let's face facts. They've got a, a serious injury list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've lost four of the last five. I think is the stat I know I've heard. Mm-hmm. They've won, you know, they've got beat by West Ham, Spurs, um, Ars- and Arsenal. They have got a thumping against and mm-hmm. Real Madrid in the, in the Champions League. They're in a the bad spot. Now I know uh, Manchester City women fans. And they don't like Gareth Taylor. They don't mm-hmm. like the current manager. They think that he's just not the right person for the job. Um, going into the game, obviously we're on a high. They're on a, a on a low. But again, it's a Manchester derby. These things, you know, last year, season when we had Emma on, there was the three of us and Emma. And you were giving us all these stats and Emma and I were going, stats don't apply, it's a Manchester derby, anything can happen. This is a game where, on paper currently, it looks like United have the upper hand, have everything going their own way. And City, uh, by a lot of people, have already been counted out of this game before it's even kicked a ball. Me, on the other hand, I'm going in going, yeah, United right now on form should beat Manchester City. but. It's a Manchester derby. We don't know if they're going to have any of their injured players back. We won't know that until we hear the team news at mm-hmm. half past twelve on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting a tough game. I would love it to be a, a walkover. I would love that, but I just I've never gone into any derby, be it in the men's team, the the women's, the under eight teams, the under twenty three. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna batter them 17-0. I don't expect that to happen. I expect it to be a tough game. But like I said, I also expect I also expect United now to to be to, to go from the 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 game last night to to get take that into Sunday's game because from the bits I saw of the city game, they had Alex Greenwood, who is a left back playing centre mm-hmm. back, and they had Jill Scott, who's a midfielder playing centre back. So they've got serious troubles in, in the heart of their defence. They've got troubles all you know in, all over the pitch with their injury list they've got. So I expect United to, to go into this game going, well, if that's the team he's played on Sunday that he has to play again on Saturday, we go for them. We go mm-hmm. for it and, and see what happens. That's where I am with it. I, look, I'm a United fan. I want to win. I want to win mm-hmm. more than anything else. I do. I would like to walk out of Lee on Saturday... Early afternoon and going. That's the, that's the best result I could have hoped for, but I expect it to be tight and tough. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you know even in looking at the
0: numbers and I won't mention the numbers because they're, they're they I I'm actually looking at the numbers and in, in myself and I I love numbers and I'm looking at the numbers for this and I see that they're pointless, um, because. Yeah. If with Manchester City, yes, the fans, I mean, you hear, uh, you know, our con- our contributor from Manchester City, Kate is, you know, Taylor out, but she's been Taylor out for a while. And it's just getting much more, you know, <laughs> just much more louder at this point, you know, and in um, a lot of City fans are, are, you know, feeling like he's not the person for the job. But I'm, I'm going to go back to what Josh, our Arsenal contributor said Manchester City should not lose 5-0 to Arsenal. Okay. Manchester City, regardless of their injury list, has a world-class squad. Um, they shouldn't lose 5-0 to Arsenal. They're not it, it, it's you know, there there are massive internal issues, there's injury issues, there's playing style issues, there's all sorts of issues. But I look at it and I'm like regardless of what lineup is thrown out there, they can still win regardless of what their current record is. They could easily win, actually. Uh, Now, could United easily win? Yes. You know, because there's so many weak points in play uh, that City is is dealing with. Uh, So I do completely agree that, I mean, the numbers really don't matter at all they don't matter they don't they're there's then you look at United's numbers and they're a little bit skewed um because of the results that they've had <laughs> um it's early same thing with with Manchester City there's their numbers are skewed because they've had so many injuries so it doesn't they don't have a full squad so it, it's it's going to be difficult I think for both um it's not going to be easy um but it's going to be tight, though. It's yeah. going to be tight because I, I think, you know, they're going to be looking to they're going to be looking to respond. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, if, if they are still I mean, and this is questionable in my mind, but um, if they're still playing out of pride and it's a Manchester derby, they're going to want to come and put, you know, put a marker down. Um, and <coughs> um, excuse me. So, yeah, I, I don't even I can't even predict
1: what I think is going to happen. I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, obviously I'm i want to win, and I'm going to say United are going to win, right? I, I'm right. I'm going to say that. I'm not going to say anything different. But from a, from a City point of view, and also from a league point of view, and I'm, I'm not, obviously I'm not a, I can't speak for City fans, and I'm not going to because I I'm a Red City right now. I think if my maths are correct, nine points off Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a th- that's a, that's a three-game swing. United City have to have a three-game swing over Arsenal to get to the top. Now, it's only a 22 league game. It's only 22 league games a season. Now, three games. We've already played four. So, City have to win three out of the next 17, is it? hmm And hope Arsenal slip up in three. Now, that's for City to win, to get to the top of the table. But the interesting thing right now is with the top three the way they are, and, you know, United, I'm going to class United in the top three, even though goal difference says we're not, but we're on the same number of points as as Chelsea, is that for the first time in a while, the, the dominating top three of Arsenal, Chelsea and City, it might not happen. And it might leave the door open for a Tottenham or a United. But what has or Leicester? The-
0: Come on, don't don't knock out Leicester.
1: <laughs> Leicester not going to get there. Leicester aren't going to get there.
0: Everton just won two games in a row. Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. they did. But Leicester haven't scored any goals yet. Well, they scored one. But but no, I mean I picked Everton fourth. <laughs> no, I know Everton. Are what? Where are Everton in the table? Everton are eighth. They're in the eighth. The, eight. the three points behind United. Yeah, but they're
0: playing better right now than Manchester City is.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they're only above City. They're above City by three points. Right, exactly. Um, so, go ahead. So you Bart, look, you, I'm sorry, you, you, no, it's fine. But you look, and, and that's the interesting thing about about football. Yes. Is you know, mm-hmm. is that you look at the Premier League? Everyone always says the top four of United, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal when they can get. You know, there's all these teams that can get in there, but right now City have got a, a, a massive injury list. Granted, they've got back there's there's murmurings of players not liking the manager. There is problems with the fans and the manager. Mm -hmm. You've got all these problems. All all that is true. All that is very true. You've got all those problems, and they are still six points – no, sorry, nine points off getting into the top half, into the top three. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people will go, well, like, you know, you've only got to win three games, but they have to win the three games and hope those teams above them slip up. And in in a league campaign, it's very rare that you'll see teams go on a massive losing streak. Okay, Bristol last season was an absolute exception to the rule. They, they didn't win a game, I don't think. I, I, I can't, I'm not sure if that's right, but they didn't win a game. Right now, you've got the bottom of the league, you've got Reading, you've got Leicester, who haven't won a game yet. And I think, I know Leicester scored a goal against us, but I'm not sure about Reading. This league right now has become more competitive in the first four games than it has done in the entire, probably last couple of seasons. And you've got to take all that into context. Can City still finish in the top three? Yeah. Will they? Look, from a United fan, I, I, I hope not. But I... I what I what I hope is is that at the very beginning of the season when we would when we talked about who was going to finish in the top four and you said you had Everton in fourth, Leicester in fifth, United in sixth. In a way, I kind of hope that kind of thing happens, just not in that order. Right. I, I, yeah. I, I right. hope what I want to happen what I, for the WSL to grow, you need to have these teams that can impact on the top three, and currently mm-hmm. you've got Tottenham doing that. Mm -hmm. Tottenham is the team in there who, for the last couple of seasons, they've won a game, lost a game, won a game, won a game, lost a game. Right now, they are consistent. They've not lost a game yet. So, to to make this league more interesting is what you exactly want to happen. You want to have an Arsenal at the top, a Tottenham second, Chelsea third, United fourth, and then down at the bottom, you want to have a a, a city who can make it more interesting. Mm -hmm. And actually... It kind of makes the league more exciting because on Saturday, if we beat City, you know, it keeps us ahead of them. If they beat us, it brings us nearer to each other and it gives them that impetus. So in a way, it's it's a great game of football to 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 have it ahead of you.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it really certainly is. I mean, there's so many different storylines in play for both sides. Um, you know, and um yeah, I mean it, the storylines are all over the place, you know, in terms of uh you know where how the trajectory is um the table is in, is interesting you know, but I was kind of thinking when as you were speaking that you know there's a I think there's a saying where um You know, about you can't win, you know, you can't win a league in September. Um, But in my mind, I think you can easily lose it because you have this sort of scenario where where you may be down like City is by nine points from the top. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you have to make up, you have to essentially make up three matches. Uh, and hope the other teams don't but yeah it makes the league much more interesting when you have a Tottenham sitting in second after four games um, and you know I'm looking at Tottenham and they've only given up one goal uh, all season Um, and one goal was against Manchester City Um, they scored two and we can talk about you know referee calls and handballs that weren't handballs and handballs that were and so forth but they won four games. They got Brighton coming up. That's going to be a very, that actually becomes a very interesting match when you think about it. Tottenham yeah. against Brighton uh, before they play, you know, and before, and then they, at the end of the international break, guess what? Um, They play Manchester United, um, yeah. you know, you know, at home. So that becomes a very interesting, you know, and so, yeah, you start pulling for teams like Tottenham to, to try to, you know, you know, You know, push for the top as well, um, because that just represents, as you said, the league becoming much more competitive um, and so forth. But again, I think in this situation, number one, this game is you can't call it. Why? Because essentially. you definitely I mean, you can look at it on paper and say, yeah, I mean, United has a really good chance of winning that match because you look at how, how much informed they are versus how much not informed city is and their disaster internally and so forth. But number one, it's a derby. And number two, you never know when a team will turn it around, you know, and a derby is a perfect place to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And now, you know, and then you have if they if City throws out and decides to, you know, um, I don't know how Garrett Taylor sets up his team. But, um, you know, they, I mean, he doesn't trust the new players that they have, apparently. Uh, But, I mean, you throw out if they throw out someone like Bunny Shaw in, uh, you know. That she could cause some problems. Yeah. Um, she's the only one that seems to go out there with any bit of energy. Um, and it seems to be dangerous, you know, when she's out there um, as a, you know, just a natural striker, which is what City was missing, uh, but they don't play her. Okay, but that's beside the point. But I, I'm really intrigued though. I mean, last question. What other tinkering does Mark Skinner need to do? And um, do you think in preparation for this, or do we, or is it, or do we do a little bit of a status quo and do maybe some fine tuning based on the opponent, and then move, and keep it uh, moving? F-
1: yeah, for, for me, after last night's t- from the TV pit last night, I would be very surprised if the starting eleven didn't start again on mm-hmm. on, on Saturday. I think the, 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 like I think you put it fine tuning. I think there's just a little bit of fine tuning, positionally for people right. to, to, to mm-hmm. get, th- get in. But, yeah, no, I, I would have no... I, I would just think it's just that fine-tuning and a, and a good week on the training pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, the set pieces and, and, and um positioning for, for corners and, and those kind of things. But mainly for me, just just fine-tuning.
0: So I, I know you're not going to predict a score, a, story, a score line for this because it is a derby, but I'm going to predict that United win 2-1. to one. Um, That's just sort of my gut feeling at this point. I may feel otherwise um, uh, as, as time goes on, but I'm going to predict the United win in this one, 2-1. to one. Um, You know, I think they're going to get a goal in um, somewhere. I don't know how exactly, but they'll get a goal in somewhere. But it's going to be a very nice – it's going to be a fun match, though. It really is going to be a fun match.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, Eith, Eith is just transferred from city to united too he played for city yeah. and she's back at United so right. there is all these little little oh yeah again Alex the storylines are yeah. very clear yeah Alex Greenwood ex-captain of United playing at City so there right. is all these there are there is all these little interesting stories on the sides to it so it right. makes it a very interesting game and I, I, I predict a win uh, I can't predict a score I'll just say a win. Just a win. All right. With that being said, Mark,
0: um, thank you again for joining us uh, this week and look forward to talking to you again uh, after the Derby uh, over the weekend. Good luck to you. you. Uh, And so, later on well actually this is the this is your show for monday tomorrow we will have rob pratley back on from the cfcw social to talk about chelsea uh, and what they have going on uh, over the last week and looking ahead to their champions league challenge against wolfsburg uh and then on wednesday we will have well actually later on tuesday we'll have kate back on for to discuss manchester city and that will should be an interesting uh one so please tune in for that one and then on wednesday we'll talk with Josh, whose team is happily sitting on top of the table, looking down on everybody and saying, hey, I told you so. Um, So with that being said, we're going to close it out for today. Please smash a like on the video and please give a five star review on the podcast, because I know, you know, sometimes looking at how beautiful and wonderfully handsome Mark is, uh, you know, it may be too much for some people. Um, So maybe you want to listen to it on the podcast also. And just a reminder, everyone, the podcast had the most listeners we've ever, ever had, last week. Um, uh, Amazing stuff. A lot of reviews, things like that going on. So it's getting out there on a podcast. Um, So every now and then it switches. The Videos are more popular than the podcast and then it switches back up again. But either way, you're hearing us and you're watching us. Please smash a like. Please subscribe. Please give a review. Share with your friends. We're going to be out. Take care, everybody. Have a great Monday. Have a great week and so forth. We'll see you tomorrow uh, with Rob and Kate.